Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I want to dig into the age-old question, can money buy happiness? Some people say it can. Some people say it can't. And it's also a very emotionally charged question. My quick answer is I don't know. I don't believe there is a black and white answer to this question. This is so incredibly complicated and subjective, and it really depends on a number of different factors, right? Like your personal circumstances, right? Are you single? Are you married? Do you have kids? Where do you live, right? Also, how much money do you have right now? And how do you spend it, right? So like lifestyle. These are really important factors. And also how you in particular define happiness. So I'm going to dig deeper into all of these things today, but I want to start with the concept of happiness. Here in the U.S., our country was formed with the intention of giving people unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's written into our Declaration of Independence. But no one ever tells you what the pursuit of happiness part means. Like, what does that actually look like? There's no instruction manual here. We need to decide that for ourselves. I know when I was growing up, I thought happiness meant that I needed to be in a positive mood all the time. Because as a little girl, I was taught to smile all the time, to look on the bright side, to make other people feel good, right? So I strive for that. And because I struggle to do that because naturally I'm human, right? That's not an easy thing to do. I thought that there was something wrong with me. This is that concept of toxic positivity. It may seem counterintuitive, but if we don't allow ourselves to process our other so-called negative emotions along with the more positive ones, we won't be able to uncover what really matters to us. Actual happiness comes with a degree of acceptance of all of life's up and downs. We're also given this message growing up and watching way too many Disney movies that we will live happily ever after once we check certain boxes or achieve certain culturally accepted things like the high paying job, the big house, a partner to marry, uh, having kids. We're led to believe that happiness is a final destination that can be reached if we just make the right choices in life. We're also taught that once we finally do find happiness, that we'll be forever satisfied. Like where else does that phrase happily ever after come from? All of a sudden, once we hit these goals, we're happy for the rest of our lives. We don't change. We don't have other goals. We don't have anything else that we need to achieve or that we want out of this life. 
But we also never question our expectations, which is why we end up feeling unfulfilled, inadequate, and honestly confused, I think, because we're chasing what very well could be someone else's definition of happiness, not our own. I grew up in a very working class, blue collar family. I got the messages that if we just had a little bit more money, then things would be better, that we would be better. I was a victim of the idea that having more money has a direct relationship with overall life satisfaction. But now that I'm an adult with kids of my own, I'm really questioning if this is true. And if it is, why? Because my parents had a very different definition of happy than I do right now. And again, I don't actually have the answer here. Like this is something that every person needs to consider on their own. But we do need to ask ourselves what we value, what we're passionate about, what matters to us, which is very different from even those that we're closest with. And I also think that what makes us happy changes throughout our lives, like I just mentioned, as we change and as we go through different stages and life experiences, which is why what I'm going to do now is lay out some thoughts for both sides of this equation. So what are some reasons why money can buy happiness? Well, it can buy you flexibility. For those of you in the same chaotic season of life as me, money can buy you childcare. It can buy somebody to clean the house for you. It can buy groceries and deliver them to your doorstep so you don't have to go to the store when it's literally the last thing that you want to do. It also buys you freedom and time, which I'm willing to bet for all of you working moms out there may be a very big component of your definition of happy right now. But I want to caveat this. Buying ourselves some time is great. It can reduce anxiety and it can reduce stress, but only if we use that time in an intentional way. Not all time is equal. Time spent on obligatory activities that we have to do are obviously less enjoyable than time spent on freely chosen activities. So money spent on reducing obligations on our time, I think, is well spent. So again, this becomes an exercise in intention. Money can also buy us a greater sense of control. Having more money can make us feel less frazzled during the times when unexpected things come up. Just knowing that you have the ability to pay for the mechanic when something happens with your car, or knowing that it's not that big of a deal when an unexpected bill pops up, it feels good to have some control over negative events. And we love the feeling of control. It allows us to have more agency to deal with whatever hassles come up in our lives. Having money allows you to fix problems and resolve them more quickly. It reduces stress and anxiety, and it allows us to be able to just kind of calmly ride out those unexpected bumps in the road. Happiness can also allow you to help others. A 2008 study compared how much people spend on others and their reported happiness levels. The researchers in the study concluded 
that there was no correlation between happiness and the amount of money that we spend on ourselves. While higher, I'm using quotes here, pro-social spending was associated with significantly greater happiness. I know that I always feel good when I do something nice for someone else and I want to do more of it. I just often feel like my own scarcity mindset gets in the way. Like I can't do this because I only have X amount of dollars until I get paid in a week and a half. It makes me feel so good though to be able to buy someone's coffee or ice cream who is behind me in line at the store or treat somebody to lunch, a friend or dinner, or just even giving money to a meaningful cause whenever I want to. So now I'm going to talk about some of the reasons why money doesn't buy happiness. And I think one of the big reasons here is that we tend to spend our money in the wrong way. Think to yourself for a minute on what you would do if you were given, I don't know, $10,000 to spend. What would you spend it on? I think about this all the time. If I'm in a store like Target and I'm walking around and I see like 12 things that I love, but I always tell myself that I can't have it unless it's like super on sale or it's at a certain price point, right? But sometimes what I do in those moments is that I imagine what it would be like if I had enough money to go into Target and buy literally everything that I want. What would that feel like? Sure, I mean, I think I would be happy for a while anyway because it would feel really good. But this gets into the emotional spending thing. This is a temporary high. Nothing about me has changed from before I walked into the store to when I leave the store. So why would I expect things to be different after now coming home with all of these items. There's also this argument that buying material goods versus experiences can have an impact on our happiness. And in just doing a little research for today's episode, I listened to a podcast interviewing Lori Santos. Lori Santos is the Yale psychology professor who teaches the ridiculously popular course on happiness. Lori talked about how on campus, the posh clothing item among college students these days is Canada goose jackets, which are like a thousand dollars a pop, right? Again, like we think that we will be happy when we have this jacket because it makes us feel like we're accepted. It makes us feel like we fit in. But on the other side, what if we spent that $1,000 on an experience, like a trip or something that connects us with ourselves and with other people in a way that material goods don't? An experience can generate these positive memories that can make us feel happy when we look back and reflect on it. We might not get that same level of satisfaction from a winter jacket, which leads me to my next point on why money can't buy happiness. We tend to have this set point 
where we get used to the ease or comfort of the life that money can buy. And we eventually return to our baseline level of happiness. This is called hedonic adaptation. So a good example of this would be people who win the lottery. They are likely to revert back to their original levels of happiness after the novelty of winning the lottery has worn off. So another example, so, you know, after a while, right, we get used to the Canada goose jacket or the Lululemon leggings or whatever it is. And the happiness that it once brought us isn't there every day anymore. And now we're just kind of slogging around on our commute on a snowy January morning, even though we have this thousand dollar jacket that we're wearing. We become insensitive to the stimuli that once gave us very high emotions. It's the same concept with food, right? So like research has shown that the first bite of something delicious is more enjoyable than the fourth or fifth or 10th bite of it. People just become accustomed to the pleasure pretty quickly. And soon enough, the thing itself doesn't bring us the same joy as it once did. Material things tend to only provide temporary happiness. And finally, the final reason that I want to talk about here why money doesn't buy happiness is that we're always going to want more. It's human nature, I think, that once we have something, and to my earlier point, we're used to having it now, that we just want more of it. I may have mentioned this before, but I clearly remember signing up for my first marathon 14 years ago at this point and telling myself that if I could run a marathon, I could do anything. I would be so proud of myself and so confident. And I was, I really was, I'm not going to lie. It was an amazing experience and I was on a high for a couple of weeks afterwards. But after that high kind of wore off, All I wanted to do was sign up for another one because I wanted that feeling again. I wanted to beat my time. I wanted to be more proud of myself. This isn't a money example per se, but the same concept goes for so many things in life. The bottom line here is as humans, we're never actually satisfied. I think that's where gratitude comes into the picture. We have to actually learn and teach ourselves to be grateful and thankful for the things that we have in our life. Because otherwise, the next best thing is always right around the corner. So this is a huge barrier to our well-being and to our just general state of fulfillment that I think we need to recognize. And it's yet another way that we get in our own way. So if you get anything out of this podcast episode today, it's that we need to take a step back and define happiness for ourselves on our own terms. It's not defined by culture. It's not defined by our parents. It's not defined by our friends. It is so incredibly personal. And I don't know what that is. We have to to determine what that is for ourselves. But I know what it's not. Research has found that the greatest barriers to happiness and fulfillment are distraction, fear, and lack of curiosity about ourselves, others, 
and the world in general. So if that's the case, then the opposite of those things might help us find some direction, focus, courage, and finding curiosity. We live in a world where we're constantly distracted these days. We often turn the other way when things get uncomfortable instead of leaning into the discomfort. And most important, I think we often don't question ourselves and our beliefs. And if we don't do that, we're limiting ourselves. We can't see the possibilities and the opportunities that could exist and could elevate us to a level of happiness that we can't even see in our everyday lives. We just need to challenge the ingrained beliefs. I see happiness as a state of mind rather than a destination or an ultimate goal, contrary to cultural opinion. And I see money as a tool. It may buy us some happiness, but ultimately it's up to us to determine how we want to feel and what happiness actually means to us. Okay, you guys, thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share with a friend. And as always, it would be amazing if you could write me a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how I can reach more people. And if any of you are interested in joining my community, go check out the Mindful Money Mamas group on Facebook where I'll be posting additional information on the podcast and inspiration while create a community of like-minded women who are all in this together. Thank you so much, you guys. I'll talk to you next time.